0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. Like us on Facebook at LockedOnBulls. And if you want to advertise with us or have questions you want us to answer in the show, make sure you email us at lockedonbulls@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken. With me, as always, Cody Westerlund. Uh, Cody, we're starting to figure out the rotation. It's all coming together way
1: before the season. Fred Hoiberg wants to go 10 deep is his ideal strategy. I think that's normal. Most teams go 9 or 10 deep. No reason for the Bulls with... So many young players on the team and so many people they need uh, to see prove themselves not to go 10 deep. And besides, like everyone on the Bulls has a little bit of hope and has proven nothing and has weaknesses here and some strengths there. Uh, on many cases, more weaknesses than strengths, as we'll find out this season. But uh, 10 guys, let's let's go through it. I think we've uh, already hit on the starting lineup previously, but assuming your boy Paul Zipser is healthy mm-hmm. uh, with that back issue, which he says uh, just... Needs a little tending, too, uh, so he took a couple of days off. Should be good, good good, to go. Today at practice, it so sounds he's like he's going to be playing. Yeah, so uh, he'll start on the wing. Justin Holliday will start on the wing with Chris Dunn out at least another week two or three with that open dislocation uh, of the finger. He will not be playing, obviously, so Jaron Grant will get the start. And then Robin Lopez and Nico Miritich. So there's your starting five. Behind them, we kind of parsed this out at practice today. Uh, Fred Hoiberg didn't give everything away, but he said ten, and then he confirmed that Ryan Archidiakno will be the backup point guard on opening night, which we can go through all these guys again quickly. But uh, David Nwaba will probably be a backup on the wing. We know Denzel Valentine will be a backup on the wing, and then the, the front backups, court's a little bit
0: more interesting. Yeah,
1: because they're. If he says 10 people, that means a starting five and a second five, and there's two big man spots on the second five, and that's between Chris Felicio, Bobby Portis, and Lowry Markkinen. And I'm going to go out right now and say I think Lowry's in the rotation to start in some form on opening night. I don't know how the Chris and Bobby thing plays out, but I think one of them, they might play 11, but one of them only gets a couple minutes, and it's more like the 10 guys that get at least 8 or 12 right. minutes. Uh will be either Chris or Bobby. Uh, do you have a read on that? I think it's going to start out being
0: Bobby and Lowry. Okay. As the ones in the rotation. Because, I mean, again, those are like their two guys who are, you know, the first round picks more recently. Yeah. You know, so those, those are going to be guys they want to give minutes to. I think eventually Bobby is going to maybe fall out of the rotation a little bit. I haven't. I haven't. I feel like out of the guys who are actually going to be in the rotation, I feel like he's had the worst uh, preseason.
1: Yeah, he had eight turnovers the other night, which is remarkable when you're not a point guard and you're not a big man being thrown the ball in every block, every play as the fulcrum of the offense on the block or something. Uh, did shoot better, but uh, he's on a shot just shy of forty percent. I think in the preseason, it was just it was a really choppy preseason for him. It felt like. And like you point out, like there's more investment in him as a 2015 first-round pick um, at this point, and the Bulls still wanting him to be something. So I wouldn't be surprised either if that's the case. It is interesting that Fred said post-game the other night, I believe it was Friday night, after their final preseason game, he likes Chris Felicio and Larry Markinen playing together. Uh, now, you could probably ask... Fred, any pairing, any anything about two people being on the floor at the same time, and he will find a way to say, I like them in this sense. You know what I mean? I like what they do here. So him saying that doesn't mean that pairing doesn't have deficiencies with Lowry right. and Chris, which one would be some rim protection, but that's going to be the whole team. Especially, you can't put anyone out there once Robin Lopez is on the bench that can protect the rim. So I don't know how worked up you get about Rim protection between anyone once Robin's not in a pairing. So um, I can see that, though, because Chris can do the dive to the rim off the pick and roll and hit the lob and dunk. Lowry can stretch the defense. But at the same time, Chris isn't a big man who is just going to take possessions or anything on the low block, you know what I mean? So uh, he's a guy more of a board crasher, a screen setter, and a dive to the rim for Oop type of player. I love that description, too. Just like Dives the ring for oop. Yeah, yeah, like 17 hyphens on there describing what Chris Felicio does offensively. So all those things like complement what Lowry does. If Chris sets the screen, that's good, because Lowry might be coming off the screen. You know what I mean? He might be sh- spotting up. Uh, Lowry marking one of the things the Bulls liked about him coming out of Arizona. It's not just his pure shooting stroke. Um, which they love and might be one of the few shooting strokes on the team that they won't tweak or adjust or tell him what to do. They're just going to let him shoot because he actually knows how to do that. Um, they liked how he put the ball on the floor, though. And Chris isn't going to be using those possessions, and it's not like he's going to be posting up on the block being like, feed me the ball, you know? He's not going to be in the right. way, you know? Because he's setting a screen somewhere else, or he's waiting for the shot to go up after Lowry beats someone off the dribble, and then he's crashing the board. So that's where I see that pairing making sense and i mean you might have even been the one that asked the question about that the other night or about market and that kind of elicited uh that answer and i do think long-term projection that that's probably what happens with the backup big man pairing down low until robin lopez gets traded and later in the season and they have to change things right at some point yeah so i i
0: think i think you're right i think that the the Felicio and Markinen pairing makes the most sense. just won't see it a lot. Yet, I just don't maybe. think we'll see it a lot at, at first. I think they're going to want to give Bobby the chance to get out there and prove that he should be in the rotation. And then Markinen I think, is, has kind of shown enough in those first three games or those three games that he did play in the, in the preseason.
1: Too. Yeah, we need to point out that Fred was asked about where Denzel Valentine fits in on second unit. And yeah, he, made, he made a point to say they like Denzel coming off ball screens rather than setting up and initiating the offense, which is a clear signal that the Denzel Valentine as backup point guard or major point guard minutes um, experiment is dead,
0: probably. That's why we're talking about Ryan Archidiakona, who's on a two-way contract, getting pretty significant minutes early on, basically, until Chris Dunn gets back. Which... I got
1: nothing against Arch. It's just... It's had It, 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 you it to takes every... the other night
0: on press row.
1: It's just... He doesn't do anything that a decent high school basketball player, a decent basketball player who graduates high school and goes off to a four-year university to be a student only, he doesn't do anything that person can't already do except make wide-open three-pointers at a higher clip. And look, he's a national championship point guard, was a phenomenal He had a game-winning assist? He did have a game-winning assist. Smart basketball player. But at this level in the NBA, he dribbles the ball up the court, and he passes to the wing. That's all he does. That is it. That's everything in a nutshell about what Ryan Archidiacono can do. And I was, my takes were set off. I was a little perturbed that Antonio Blakeney didn't get more run in preseason. I didn't like how. locked on Bulls an official podcast of Antonio Blakeney Island now in addition to Jerry and Grand Island. Yeah, fun fact about him. Fun fact, Antonio, been living out of a hotel. That's true. He he told us that. this, This is the G League life. Uh, You don't know what's coming next, so until October 23rd, when the G League season training camp starts, Antonio Blakeney and Ryan Archidiacano can hang out with the Bulls because they're clocked toward 45 day. That limit in the NBA doesn't start until the G League season starts. Um, so Blakeney living out of a hotel. I think he should be living on the court a little more in exhibition games, uh, getting a little more run, playing through mistakes. Uh, he. He's not a point guard, I guess. That's Fred's point. Like, Fred likes how, on the second unit, as a backup point guard, when Chris Dunn is out, that Archie Diakono can run the offense well. And if they gave the ball to Antonio Blakeney, well, first of all, he probably doesn't handle the ball as well as Archie Diakono, which is a vital thing for a point guard. But I'll point out, the Bulls pretty much all stink at dribbling. (laughs) They really do. Like, Chris Dunn was having loose handles, struggling to get the ball up the court with pressure uh, in the preseason before he got hurt. The same has been true for Archie Jackson a little bit when you really get into him. And pressure, Denzel Valentine didn't have enough reps at that, but like he's not a brilliant dribbling wizard. Who has anything. the best handles on the Bulls? Is it Justin Holiday? It might be. Like that's a good question. I don't know. Is there a player on the team that has good handles? Not really. I don't think so. No. no. Um, you know Jimmy Butler got really good at that the last couple of years. It, he would never end up on a highlight tape for it, but that second to last season when he was in Chicago, he made a point to run. The, the final year when Derrick Rose was point guard, Jimmy made more of an effort to be a point guard just to point out that he was a better point guard than Derrick Rose was at point guard in addition to being a better basketball player and two-way player. like Jimmy would revel in that and point out that point guard's not that hard. I'll show you how it's done. Like That stuff is just... Just some all-timer stuff in Jimmy's file. We're going to miss, I mean, I mean, the shade. there were a lot of headaches that
0: came with the whole Rose Butler thing, but I
1: miss the shade so much. You do? Well, I mean, it was pretty much one-way shade because Jer- Derek was much more professional. There's going to be a lot less stuff Jimmy to write was.
0: about and talk about this season.
1: Yes. Uh, Der- well, I mean, Derek had the best handles, no doubt, obviously, the entire time he was there. Brilliant. Jimmy, last year, um, really good at it. Yeah, I don't, like, there's no, but there is not a bull on this team. I can't see a Chicago Bull breaking an ankle of a defender until at least Luka Doncic gets here. There's no chance. Did you see the highlight video of Luka Doncic? I did see um, that. Actually, not breaking a guy's ankle, but having his shoe fall off trying to guard him because I did he had see him that. like doing the splits and on ice, and his shoes falling off, and the guy's falling over. And I think the Bulls saw
0: that too, probably.
1: Uh, another fun fact: Paul Zipser at practice today called Luka Doncic a special player. Uh, he played against him a few times. Uh, dating back to his days in Germany, playing in Europe, and then and then my favorite cryptic line of the day, just great. And I, it was, it was to the point where I didn't want to ask the follow-up question because I didn't want him to ruin it with what's 99.9% of the truth. But he said, I look forward to seeing Luca next year. Um, I assume Paul Zipser, I look forward to seeing him in the NBA. We will cross paths uh, when he gets here. He's going to be great. Everyone will know him. I'll give him some uh, love. But I like to think that Paul Zipser knows something in the front office. Is he office. called the shot? I like to think that Paul Zipser's in there in the front office meetings, walk in and be like, hey, guys, look, I know this season's about the tank. Got to tell you, I got first-hand experience playing Luka Doncic. We really need to draft him, Gar. And Gar and John Paxson sitting there going, all right, yeah, he's got the Paul... Paul Zipser, seal of approval, is
0: let's this, do it. Is this, well, because well, you know how, you know, LeBron always has, like, input into, like, yes. roster moves that the Cavs make, you know, different guys have input into different things, like, you know, Damian Lillard, like, recruiting yes. guys in free agency. Paul Zipzer. Is, Paul, is are we talking, like, we have all the GM LeBron stuff, is there GM Paul Zipzer, is that what's going on? Is this our new conspiracy theory? We're,
1: we're going to have to uh, snuff this out some point in this season, like, uh, I think it'd be too early, it'd be a little too hot to go in hard on that now, like, Let's play it out. Let's see some of the decisions they make. Like the Bulls are making roster decisions, playing time, moves, stuff like that. That looks like it has Paul Zipser's guiding hand from afar behind it. Then we'll go in on this maybe. But uh, that's a great conspiracy theory. It's possible. Carry I mean, throughout the season and just, GM Zipser. And and as as you do with any good con- conspiracy theory, you put all the evidence that points toward it, um, right here on our desk. Right here in a big file. And you ignore... All the other logic, everything else that tells you that theory is awful. Just ignore everything else. You know what I'm saying? Right.
0: No, there's... The, yeah, I mean, if you say no, that's ridiculous. There's no way Paul Zipser. Well, who knows? Maybe it's hard to say. Look at all
1: that. Look at this evidence. We just really? say. I mean, he,
0: just, he might have just tipped his hand at, at, at practice today.
1: Oh, that's going to be great when, uh, they, when they actually do draft Luka Doncic like number two overall. <laughs> and we could be like... We're going to go back to that day. That, when Paul Zipser said he can't wait till he sees him next year. Yeah, he met here at the Advocate Center right away. Um, but... What, we're supposed to get back to this this playing time. Oh, the Archie Diakno thing. Yeah, I'm just... I'm thoroughly unimpressed. Like, You're not on Ryan Archie Arch- Diakno Island. Look, if if he's going to be the backup point guard for the first two, three weeks of the season here, and he'll be it for the first week at least, um, they can maybe use another week uh, to get Chris done healthy and use seven of his 45 days on the G League clock with the two-way, two-way contract. Look, they're... They're doing Yeaman's work there to get off to that two eight two and eighteen or three and seventeen start that I predicted if he like is playing fourteen minutes again. Well did you see Kawhi Leonard, going to get the Kawhi Leonard? Did you see that Kawhi Leonard
0: isn't gonna play in the Spurs opener, so that means there's a chance he might not play in the game against the Bulls
1: on Saturday? Which means the Spurs will win by twenty two instead of thirty two. That doesn't affect my early season <laughs> it doesn't affect it. prediction. It doesn't affect it? Now, I'm leaning into this one. I know the Bulls went 3-3 three and three in the preseason. I know they looked really good for stretching. Like, they looked like they knew what they were doing offensively. When I say really good, like, they really looked like they knew what they were doing. They're playing ball. And, and some of the time, like, the three-pointers were falling and they looked brilliant within this. I, I'm still leaning into that. They're going to be awful early on prediction with, with no Chris Dunn, with no Zach Levine, with no defense, with Start Ryan Archidiakno playing. Well, are we talking double-digit minutes? I think it's possible. M- Remember, I said I asked Jaron Grant, "Hey, yo, um, are you ready to play 40 or 42 minutes a night?" And he said, "Yeah." And then I came back on the podcast and said, "He's ready to play that." There's no way Jaron's trotting out there for Jimmy Butler minutes, though. Um, but if Denzel's not playing backup point guard, and Fred made that seem pretty clear today, that means Ryan Archie might be playing 12 minutes a game. Yeah, it's certainly possible. <laughs> start the tank. I think they're going to start gonna, the bus. They're going to start the season one and four. Who are they gonna beat? The, they play Hawks early. The right? Cleveland Cavaliers. That's oh my, my! bold prediction. Don't they play the Hawks early too? Yeah, they do. That that's hey, that's an important. That's in. a crucial game because those two teams are probably going to both be in the low twenties and wins late in the season, and that could be a flip. That could that's a two two game swing, the winner and loser there. You know what I mean? So um, circle your calendar for like the second week of Bulls basketball. The Hawks in town, I think something like that, um, or early in the season. Huge game. Huge game in the Luke Goderich sweepstakes game. that Paul Zipser is overseeing. Uh, David Nwaba on the wing, though. It seems like Paul, Or, I should say, Fred didn't say his name specifically. But he was practicing with the second unit. But he was... Save. Yeah, he was running around the second unit. He's been playing with the second unit. Like, it makes sense, you know? Uh, Fred made clear he, too, is not a point guard. So that puts him on the wing. Um, so him and Denzel, it seems like, backing up on the wing. We hit on the big men stuff. As soon as Chris Dunn comes back... Uh, He might, if Jaron Grant's playing poorly and Dunn plays well in practice, he might slide in right away as a starting point guard. If Jaron Grant is playing well, Chris Dunn will probably slide in as the backup point guard, I would assume. And, of course, all of this is without Zach Levine, the Bulls' best player, who we need to talk about. Important extension deadline. Tomorrow. Date looming. Explain it to
0: him, Sean. So... By midnight tomorrow or 11 p.m. Central.
1: Monday. Monday, clear, tomorrow, Monday. the 16th yeah.
0: of October. Yeah. The Bulls and uh, Zach Levine have until then to reach an agreement on an extension rookie of the contract, contract or also be a restricted free agent next summer. Uh, I think if we were betting on this,
1: we think it's probably not going to happen. Yes, that's correct. Expectations and indications from both sides of this are that this deal won't get done by the deadline, but it will
0: get done. Next summer, and restricted free agents, right? I think it's probably the best thing for both sides to wait it out, see how he looks in his. Because if he if he comes back and plays really well, and then he wants a max contract, they'll be happy to give him one because he's worth it, and because they have so much cap space. But if he has another injury, or he has a setback, or he comes back from this injury and he's not as good as he was before the injury, then maybe they will be able to say, okay, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna max you out, max you out. and so. I, I don't know. I think it just makes sense to wait. He's going to
1: be in Chicago long term yeah. regardless. Look, I mean, Zach Levine, you have to look at it through this prism too. He was the centerpiece of a Jimmy Butler trade, uh-huh. okay? Yes. Um, who was a top ten player in the NBA. He is now the highest profile player in the third biggest market in the country, in a city that loves its basketball. That's a big deal. I I know this team's going to be awful, And the rebuild's going to be ugly for several years, maybe half of a decade. But that standing and stature is such that when you're turned to as the primary offensive option, a guy who's going to have the ability to score probably 25 points a game, I'm not saying he'll average that, but with the way the rest of this Bulls offense shakes out, and given his offensive talents in comparison to the rest of them in a quick system with Hoiberg, like... He's looking at this and projecting it, you know, like, look what they gave up for me. Uh, Look at the cap space they do have. Look at how many points I'm averaging. Now, I don't think a player and his agent ever goes into a negotiation thinking like, oh, I don't deserve the max because of my defensive deficiencies. You know what I mean? He has not proved to be a good defender. They're going to pull out the positives.
0: They're going to pull out all the positives.
1: Yes. So he's going to look at that stat sheet that he's going to fill up um, and just what the Bulls gave up for him, and his standing as the go-to basketball player in this city in a big market, um, and just being in the spotlight and the responsibility that comes with that. And he's he's going to think, like, the max is possible, you know? And I don't think Monday night... I think Zach Levine and his agent are smart enough that Monday night they can't walk in and be like, we need a max deal tonight. Like, they're, they're realistic and reasonable right. in that regard. Like, he was a... The last time we saw well, him on the basketball was, court, he was a number three option. Well,
0: if he know? was only trying to get the max deal, then like there would make absolutely no sense. So the only way it would make sense to do an extension
1: is if he's willing to give him a discount now. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the flip side of the point there. If if Zach Levine if the Bulls are perfectly content with him getting a max contract, they can just match an offer te- sheet from a team next year that gives them a max contract or proactively just give it to him on the first day of free agency. There's no reason there's no reason for them to even give him like a near max deal, and even if like was not Giannis's deal like a near max deal? It was like, close. It was a little more in hundred and one or two. It was a
0: little bit below. So was CJ McCollum's deal. So was Rudy yeah, Gobert's deal. There's not
1: even a reason for them to really do that yet. You right. know what were you gonna say though? But uh, I mean,
0: it's it, it's one of those things where like you know if if he's gonna get the max, like he'll get he'll get the max then. Like he doesn't. They don't need to do it now.
1: No, they don't. And again, the Bulls have zero concerns about restricted free agency. The team always Even if has they give them a max in restricted free agents. Even if they give them a max,
0: like they have such little other salary on the books that it's not going to affect them at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, ideally, well, with the the cap, the salary cap tightening a little bit and not jumping as much as projected and probably staying a little more stagnant in years to come, there's still great value. Certainly they have plenty of room, but there is still great value in getting, saving three mil a year still. You know what I mean? Because you add up some of these things and maybe that's the difference for giving another guy a max a year from them, then or something. You know what I mean? Um, This wasn't in the last couple summers, it wasn't such a big deal. Even summer 2014 when teams were a little, or 2015 when they are a little more cash strapped, Like, they were looking toward 2016 to be like, oh, the influx of cap space and money will make these problems go away. It won't be a problem. Well, ask the Lakers, you know. They had to give up D'Angelo Russell. Uh, To get off that Mazda deal. yeah, Yeah, and they're going to have to give up... They might have to give up Brandon Ingram to get off the Luol Deng contract. Or Larry Nance or somebody, one of their young guys. Yeah, I mean, they don't want to give up Brandon Ingram, but if the choice is between having enough cap space to sign LeBron and Paul George... Um, The only way they can make that cap space is to get rid of Luol Deng, and in which case they might have to get rid of Brandon Ingram. You know, like if those decisions get really hard. So the Bulls are very cognizant of that, and they deserve credit for entering next summer with a lot of cap space. You know what I mean? Uh Like the Rondo and Wade deals were awful. It set them back two years. It set them back this year because even if they ran it back, it would have been bad, ugly basketball. The one thing though is. They weren't passed into another year. You know what I mean? They weren't into summer 2018. Um, they kept those short-term. The Lopez contract's a good one. Uh, the Jimmy Butler contract was a value deal, which helped flip the switch in the rebuild and get some value um, for him as well. Like That was a contract the Timberwolves wanted. And then maybe they're going to have Markner on a rookie
0: deal. They're going to have Michael yeah. Porter or Luka Doncic on a rookie deal for the next four years after this.
1: Do you think Paul Zipser, GM Paul Zipser, could like that Michael Michael Porter on a rookie like I he might veto Michael Porter getting drafted I don't know we'll see I mean and by
0: the way Paul Zitzer's in a really good contract he's making basically below yeah, he's making below what the current minimum that is that'll the next actually
1: cuz he's a sec- there's so much goofiness with second round picks and contract extensions and money and writes to them. We're seeing, like, Norman Powell and Josh Richardson get these big extensions. Four and entered. 40 and stuff. Yeah. Like, the Paul Zipser, I mean, this is still, what, two years away? Are we going to see probably. the Paul here? Bold prediction, Paul Zipser, max extension. No, I'm just saying, like, um, it, I, I can't even explain half the second-round rookie contract stuff off the top of my head, but I'm just telling you it's really weird, and uh, two years from now we might be talking about weird Paul Zipser contract extensions because, like, I, I asked him today, like, Like, a year ago, I mean, not even a year ago, or more than a year ago, like, 16, 17 months ago, you weren't in the NBA. You weren't drafted yet. You are just a random no-name coming out of Germany who had proved himself there a little bit. But, like, could you have imagined being a starter on opening night in the NBA, like, 16 months from that point? And he's like, I didn't... I didn't really think about that, you know, and,
0: and there are always going to be pretty long odds, because not only was he a second round pick, he was foot, the 48th pick most yeah, most yeah, foot injury.: Well, piece. right, but most 48th picks in the draft like do not like often run a study on it, but like most like the, you know we, we, if we want to talk about how like lately like, the first like, the first 10 picks of the second round are valued as like basically first rounders because there's not a lot of disparity between late 20s and early 30s in terms of talent, but like the 48th pick, most guys who with the 48th yeah. pick in the draft don't do anything
1: in the.: league. Yeah, this isn't the lucrative Jordan Bell draft area they you know wouldn't have mean? gotten the the, the fertile reborn. range of what 36 or 7 or they whatever wouldn't have gotten they wouldn't have about. gotten
0: 3.5 million in cash considerations for the 48th pick last year to get Paul Zipser.
1: would Jordan Bell be starting and be the second yes. best player on the Bulls yes. on opening night if yes you're just I'm all you are just stoking the fire of that segment of the Bulls fan base that despises the front office no matter what that's what you you saying yes is just throwing gasoline on the night
0: fire. of the draft when they did that trade i s- predicted that jordan bell is going to play meaningful minutes for the warriors in the playoffs this year and i still believe
1: that you you have to make your biases clear and that's that you're an oregon graduate i am and he's an oregon graduate but have you seen, seen him in the preseason i have not watched a single minute of preseason basketball than the bulls they've been raving about him I am reading playing in Draymond. He has already worked his way into the rotation. He started in a preseason yeah. game when Draymond rested the other night, or I don't know if Draymond really rested or Will you rather have more him playing minutes or Bobby Would you rather have him playing minutes or Bobby Portis? Um I'm J- Jordan Pell. I mean that's <laughs> I, I think judging by how much the Warriors wanted him. When a team like the Warriors or the Spurs or the Rockets wants somebody
0: that badly, that should clue somebody, uh, other teams, into, hey, maybe this guy's good.
1: It's bad business, though, to go around asking the defending champion Warriors who they're going to draft when they're giving you $3.5 million and then backing out of the deal and then drafting that person simply because he has the seal of approval from Bob Myers and Steve Kerr and Jerry West. I guess Jerry West is gone now, but that very respected front office. Like that's not how you do business. You know what I mean? You, right. you don't get the, the inside info on who they want to draft and then, uh, and then kind of hoodwink them and then steal him because they wanted him and then back out of the deal that you're agreeing to. Um, that's the thing that you have to remember. That don't be mad at the Bulls selling that draft pick for money. Be mad that they didn't evaluate Jordan Bell well enough and did not respect his game enough that they wanted to run through a wall to draft him. You know what I mean? I, I I don't like the criticism of, oh, it's just a money grab. No, the criticism should be, that their talent evaluation did not show a diamond in a rough or a sleeper at At, that point in the second round. Because what they said that night when we asked them about
0: it was that they had some guys on the board that they liked, and then once those guys were off the board, they figured they'd sell a pick. And what the criticism should be is, why wasn't Jordan Bell higher on your guys' board?
1: Exactly. Okay, just so don't do the money grab. Call out their talent evaluation if Jordan Bell ends up being um, rookie of the year and then most improved player and then fourth in MVP voting trajectory right there there you go defensive player of the year oh yeah actually actually that's a i said third in mvp voting like if you throw in rookie of the year and then throw in defensive player of the year like 3 years later and most improved somewhere in between that's probably actually a non-zero chance of happening you know what i mean um whereas the mvp thing no but um yeah i don't know i think that takes care of most of the stuff we'll keep an eye on uh bulls news that deadline again uh, i believe it's late monday night I believe it's midnight Eastern. So 11 Central. So 11 Central. We'll check on that. Uh, But expect that deadline to come and go without Zach Levine re-upping yet with the Bulls. But they will uh, attack free agency uh, vigorously next year and re-sign him uh, if all goes to plan. And they hold plenty of leverage to do so. We should point out, Zach Levine dunked at practice off two feet. Um, Nice little easy dunk. Uh, I guess that would be an explosive, slightly unpredictable movement. That the, the Unpre- unpredictable movement has become like the new yeah. catchphrase. But the, be- the best is that Fred. Fred is talking, as so there, there's five bowls on the nearest practice court while Fred is talking uh, to media members right before practice started today. They're just walking through some stuff, and Fred had been saying for past days like. Zach's just been doing, you know, a little one-on-o, two-on-o work, stuff like that, jumping around a little bit, unpredictable movements, but no contact. And there was no contact in this five-on-o stuff, running through some set plays and such. Uh, but Fred, Fred's literally talking, and he goes, "Yeah, he like he hasn't started like team team stuff yet, like the five-on-zero. So he hasn't quite started that yet." And we're looking and we're like, "What do you call that?" There's five guys on the court, <laughs> dribbling and running through plays, as an assistant coach points out where to go? And Fred goes, oh, well. That's just a walkthrough. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's just a walkthrough. He's making good progress. Yeah, he is doing that now. Which is just like, they're encouraged by everything he's
0: doing, basically. He they still, I mean, the timeline is still the same. They basically think he's going to be cleared for contact in November. So we yeah. think, you know, early December to Christmas-ish is when we can expect him back on the, the court.
1: return. Excited for it. Absolutely. It's the I, most exciting thing about this season. 55 on the first night he's back. That'd be awesome if he dropped 55. Like, they can just go out there and lose 148 to 122, and he can drop 55. 71, just beat Devin Booker. Can we Can we dream? I'm, I'm with it. I'm down. Hey, if the Bulls, want, the Bulls want a shot hunt for Zach Levine and foul the other team late in the game of a blowout to get him 72 points... I'm down. I am not going to criticize him. I'm going to be like, this is rebuilding. We need entertainment. We need storylines. We need shade. Look... Look, Jimmy Butler never scored fifty-five points. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great post-game. So that game. Bulls officially won the trade. Um, but you like the Suns took so much heat last year for that Devin Booker thing. But like, what are the Suns doing with like, their, their season? Who cares? It makes their team feel good. A rebuilding team getting a, it's is it creating winning habits? No, but is there anything in the last minute of a game that you're down twelve by in Boston that's going to create a winning habit? No, probably not. You know. So, like, if it riles your team up to get them excited for a night and set a good attitude for the upcoming week, go for it, Bulls. Go hunt 72 points every night for Zach Levine. Um, If he blows up. Got to stay in the Fred Hoiberg system for the first, you know, 40 minutes of the game. Can't deviate. But, you know, if if he's sitting on 45 with eight minutes to go, go for it.
0: How does that affect your
1: 122-point plan? It it adds a lot of credibility to my 122-point plan coming to fruition, like, if they can they can give up 150 points in a night, that means they can turn around the next game and give up like 90 and still be averaging the 122 point plan almost. So uh, that's. I don't good think stuff. the Bulls are going to be averaging giving up 90 points
0: a game at all, at all this season.
1: No, no, that's that's another fun fact in game we could play. Like, what's the fewest points the Bulls give up in a game this Is year? it going to be over or under 100? They'll they'll give up under 100 um, a couple times. It'll be like 97 or 97. 10 times they'll give up under 100. It'll be like it'll be like in the 90s yeah i'm gonna go 88 points is the fewest they allow in any game mm, okay um you're saying like 95 i feel like they're 94 allow. 95
0: yeah
1: uh that's uh that's a good uh good vegas prop i guess maybe to keep an eye on but uh thanks for listening as always you can follow sean on twitter at hike and myself at cody westerland follow locked on bulls on twitter and facebook by its name email us at locked on bulls at gmail.com with basketball questions advertising inquiries most of all Please subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You
0: can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play. Anywhere else you can find podcasts, make sure you subscribe, lose a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. We'll be back with you guys soon. Thanks for listening.